Hello and welcome to Prince Trap by Track, I'm your host Dan, and today we're going to be talking about Exemplify from Expectation. And once again, the first E's are missing from those words. Recorded autumn 2001 to December 2001 at Paisley Park. Released on the 1st of January 2003. On the track we have Prince, John Blackwell, Rhonda Smith, Candy Dolfer and Vanessa May. And the track is 5 minutes 52. Joining me to talk about today is Ollie Brady. Hello Ollie. Hey Darren. Uh, I feel like with this entire album, discussing what genre it possibly is, is mostly a waste of time because we all know it's jazz. Um, <clears throat> now, in this case, uh, the structure of this song is a little bit more conventional than some of the other tracks. Um, you know, there is a main kind of riff that is stated at the very beginning. Uh, it sounds like Prince has got the uh, the roads going on. Um, and it's it's basically the, the, the Fender Rhodes and the violin have this, uh, this kind of main riff. And then in between that, uh, you know, it kind of comes back I don't know, three or four times and in between we have uh, solos from uh, the main instruments so you have a violin solo you have a saxophone solo um, and then you also have uh, you, I think there's there's like a I don't know if I call it a solo there's a little bit in the middle where there's like a kind of bridge where the roads kind of gets a bit of solo mm. but then the main solo is you know for Prince is the keyboard solo just before the violin outro and the final like 50 seconds is just Vanessa May on the violin. It's, it's like it's you really know. good, and it sounds like a different track. Like it's it's weird. It's like, yeah, we got. It's like jazz, 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 jazz. Ooh, we're jazzing. Jazz, 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 jazz. Classic. Yeah. It's like okay, this is good. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, like the opening, the opening ref, which is about uh, twenty something seconds, is quite kind of like upbeat. Uh, I believe jaunty is how I would describe it. Um, uh, we're in a sitcom, Darren. That's what's happening. We're about to sit down with Niles Crane and have a coffee, and uh, or we're about to have Kramer just bust in through the door or something. So as the Rhodes is playing, you have these weird little interruptions from the other instruments. So there's like a little bit of like a violin glissando, like about a minute in. And then there's just this kind of weird little kind of staccato saxophone stabs that kind of come in. Um, and then you kind of get to, you know, just before kind of two minutes, then the main riff comes back in. Um, and the, the, I mean, the thing is as well, this kind of main riff is like each time it comes back in, they do it like from top to bottom. They play it all the way through. The whole thing, yeah. And then, and then I, 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 this is something that I think is maybe just on this album, but... There's a little bit of hesitation before they kind of go into solo sometimes. So mm -hmm. you'll get like kind of the main riff will finish. And then there's almost like a few beats where like there's just the drums for a couple of seconds. Almost as if Prince is pointing to someone as if to say, oh, no, it's your solo. You like you, you should be starting now. And then, you know, we get the kind of um, I would say like the, the kind of the main. I mean, this is this is a track that kind of really focuses on uh, Vanessa May. Um, you know, the, the opening track was just kind of keyboards and Vanessa May, but this is the first time where she's kind of getting, uh, you know, a chance to kind of, uh, like improvise, I feel. Yeah. And she's, she's all over it. It's, it's very good. Every, every touch she puts into the, to the, um, I, I was going to say every virtuoso piece of music <laughs> she plays, but uh, everything she does, you can feel the individual mastery that she has of it. Cause it's like, it's, yeah. it's like you're listening and you're going, Oh wow, that was actually a really good bit of violin work. <laughs> um, which is a weird thing to say because because obviously she's world class or whatever but it's like you can tell when somebody is at that level you're like oh like that's good violin obviously is an instrument when played by amateurs it sounds awful it is yeah. like <laughs> i think i think the worst thing in the world is somebody who is like at grade 1 on a violin cuz it's just like 
they've just about got the idea. But anyone below that, you're like, I really can't be listening to this. You know, obviously there's a reason why Sherlock Holmes is a poor violin player. Because <laughs> that makes for a great, like, kind of, you know, visual and oral joke. Because it's just like, you know, bad violin sounds terrible. But yeah, no, it, like, when you hear it, like, played at this level where she is clearly, you know, so gifted... And the way that she also, the, the, you know, the the other instruments, they kind of go quiet for most of the solos. But there's little bits where she'll kind of interact with the keyboard. Um, and it's it's not like super overwhelming, you know, like a Fender Rhodes or, or you know, a setting on a keyboard for Fender Rhodes, which is <laughs> maybe what this is. Um, it's because of the, because of the way the sound comes out. It's not you can't really overwhelm someone with a Fender Rhodes. Like yeah. it's very hard to kind of really you know get a loud Fender Rhodes. Um, so when you have like a you know a violin you know kind of over the top of it, there is a little bit of kind of interaction. But it, the Fender still feels like a bit, it's a bit more kind of background. Yeah, um, like it doesn't ever overwhelm the violin. It's a lovely sound, and actually, the Fender Rhodes. Yeah, like it, it isn't it? like the, the Fender Rhodes is. A, it's a lovely kind of sound, and obviously, so very distinctive. That's you know, obviously, why pe- you know people pay a lot of money for those. Um, and you know, it doesn't really overwhelm the saxophone, the, the saxophone or the violin in this song. It's kind of just underneath. Um, but like I said, there is kind of like this weird little bridge in the middle where I can't say that it's a solo because the other instruments are interacting so much that it, it doesn't really get a chance to kind of just be the Fender Rhodes, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then that kind of leads into the saxophone solo just before the three minutes. Um, and Candy Dolfer gets like a, you know, almost a full minute of a solo, which, um, you know, on this album is a little bit unusual because most of the time Prince gets twice as much solo as any other person on the uh, in the band <laughs> on most of the tracks, um, you know, what with him being the person in charge. Uh, but on this, you know, it's and, and again, you know, Candy Dolph is one of the reasons why, you know, I wanted to play saxophone, um, you know, along with Eric Leeds, who, you know, is Prince's, you know, main saxophonist. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's she also does like a, a really nice uh, solo. There's some kind of interesting little things. Being a saxophonist, there's some of the tricks that she does where I'm like, well, that sounds impressive, but I know how easy it is to kind of, you know, play that. Like there's little tiny riffs where it's like, oh, that's just literally just moving your fingers up and down really quick. Darren uh, you know, Hostage, so. do you still play? I haven't played it in a while. But, I, uh, my, but you still My play. saxophone... Well, my saxophone, the springs on most of the keys have started to kind of uh, go. There's like, behind each key, to, pre- to kind of put it back into position, there's like a, a very thin kind of little spring. And it's not like a, a, a wound spring, just like yeah. a, a, a piece of metal. And on my saxophone, there's at least three or four of those that are connected to the major keys that are kind of gone. So I could get a sound out of it, but the keys don't return to the right position after you finish, so Darn, sometimes they'll is, hold down. This is a revelation to me. My my own <laughs> uh, main podcast partner, Emily, um, she plays the viola uh, and played it as first chair in her school orchestra. I think that we should get a collaboration together. <laughs> I can I can bang the keyboard a little bit. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna build myself up, but I can I can hit a few ivories or tinkle a few keys here and there. Uh, you can do the saxophone. Emily can play the viola. It's pretty pretty good deal pretty sweet we could form a little trio um but yeah so you know the the saxophone solo kind of finishes we go back to the the top and everyone comes back in for the riff for one last time and then we get um a fairly low-key keyboard solo like uh, you know i I would say out of all the solos it's probably the kind of least memorable in the song Mm. you know it's just kind of you know it's just prince obviously you know get one solo in before vanessa may comes back for you know the kind of spotlight which is this kind of um, you know this very long drawn out outro I, I have to be honest with you the, the few times when I've listened to this song before each time it gets to the outro I keep thinking 
They're going to come back in one more time. Yeah, for the that's main what riff. I, was, I was saying that <laughs> yeah. as well. Actually, when I was, let's do it. It feels like they're about to come back in with the main riff, and then it's like it just kind of tails to an end. It's like yeah. let's give it an end. <laughs> yeah. So it uh, so and also she does it again. She um, there's a, a point where she's playing like two strings. I can't remember what it's called the technical term for it now. Mm. But there's a few times where she's doing like little chords and all kinds of stuff. And you know, really that final kind of fifty seconds is really just her kind of showing off like what she can do on the violin and you know obviously she is you know such a talented violinist and i think that's something that comes through a lot on this album is just the level of musicality you know from the from the different people that are playing there's not much like in terms of the of ronda on this like there's not really anything on the bass that kind of really stands out it's kind of just very low key and again john blackwell he like he it's you know he's really kind of playing like the kind of metronome role on this he's He's literally just there kind of keeping a very steady beat. He's not doing anything fancy. Um, you know, on the bridge, there are a few little kind of, you know, little fills and stuff that he's doing, but nothing really that kind of stands out. You know, this is mostly, you know, Candy Doll from Vanessa May, you know, getting a spotlight. You know, and a band that is basically, you know, Prince, John Blackwell and three women. So, so it's, like, <laughs> it's a very, it's a very, there's, there's literally no white guys in this band, which is probably why in terms of like jazz, um, it's more successful than, let's say, I don't know, Kenny G. Um, you know. uh, well, it's it's very good. I'd never heard it before this, and I I will definitely be listening to it again. It's just it's got a it's got a, a nice kind of uplifting vibe, um, yeah. But still manages to be very relaxing when you listen to it, which is what I want from jazz. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna throw on a bit of smooth. Uh, interesting enough, um, Prince only played this track live twice, um, and it was within the space of two days or three days he played it on the 21st of october 2003 uh, in australia and then two days later he played it again <laughs> and interestingly the second time they played it they they added an interpolation of uh, when the saints go marching in oh, which cool. if you listen to the song and if you know that you can kind of hear a little bit of the you know over the top of it you could kind of start singing to yourself when the saints go marching in yeah. it's it, it doesn't quite fit 100 percent, but i'm guessing when prince was on stage you know they made it work, um, but yeah. So you know, only only two live performances. So if you were in Australia in October in two thousand three, you got to hear this song live, and that was it. Never mm. performed again. But you know, at that point, you're only a few months away from Prince releasing Musicology, and he kind of, you know, kind of turned in a slightly different direction for the next few albums, anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I would say you know four out of five, and the only reason I say that, not five out of five, is. I, you know, even though I enjoy this this whole thing of, you know, do the riff and then get, go to a solo and then do the riff and then go to a solo, <laughs> it does feel a little bit kind of, like, restricted and it doesn't feel as spontaneous as it, you know, could be. Um, I mean, just from, you know, the knowledge of how the album was done, I know that all the saxophone stuff was done as overdubs a couple of months after most of the tracks were finished. And so wow. even, though I, even though I love, like, what Candy Dolphin does on a lot of these tracks... They do kind of have the feeling of like there's still stuff going under on underneath the solo that suggests that Prince was just counting bars, and there's not like an interaction the same way there is with the violin and the keyboard. Mm. So just it just feels just a tiny bit detached from the rest of the song. But you know, obviously they're all great musicians. So you know, unless unless you kind of know that, I don't think you can kind of hear it. Um, you know, but that's you know that's just from me. Couldn't hear it <laughs> at all. And uh, I'm going to say that this is five of the five. Um, yeah. I would definitely listen to this again. I will definitely listen to it as soon as we're finished recording, and it'll just be it'll get added to my background, wandering <laughs> around doing stuff in the house playlist, and it'll be like, yeah. And when it'll come on, I'll be, 
I'll have a little smile to myself and I'll definitely <laughs> think that I'm about to get into some sort of caper. Uh, the thing is, as well, is obviously, um, you know, one of the reasons you probably wouldn't have heard of it before is that this album was only ever issued digitally. And unless you were like an MPG Music Club fan, from 2003 until 2015, when it was made available on Tidal, you wouldn't have been able to get hold of this album <laughs> unless you'd already got the original download. <laughs> so basically, it's just one of those. And it still, to this day, doesn't have a CD release. Um, but I'm going to guess that, you know, Prince's estate will kind of get around to that pretty soon because, you know, they've already started, uh, you know, re-releasing the kind of the back catalogue that was that was mostly digital anyway. So I, f- I feel like CD re-releases of some of these albums, probably with extra tracks, are probably, you know, in the near future. Um, yeah, so perfect. But yeah, so I mean, I feel like we said about as much as we can about Exemplify, so... Uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug on? Yeah, I, I do two podcasts. So the my main podcast is called Best Acquaintances, where myself and my best friend Emily, we talk to people we only know from the internet. Um, we basically give them a Skype call, like myself and Darren are doing right now, and then we just let them talk about themselves and talk about anything that they find interesting or anything that they're about. Darren was on. It was a really good episode. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So Best Acquaintances, you can find that at uh, Best Acquaintances Podcast. Um on Facebook, or you can find us on you know SoundCloud, wherever these people do iTunes and all that sort of stuff. Um, if you want to send us an email, it's bestquintessespod at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter as at Ollie and Emily. And my second podcast, which started this week, we only released our first episode, so I'm super excited about it, is called Media Evil, where um, a former guest from Best Acquaintances, Sarah If Decker, she's a medieval historian, and she wanted to do a podcast where she watches medieval movies or medieval set movies and tv shows and we read medieval books and then she discusses what the people who are sorry what the movies and tv shows etc got right and what to get wrong and then we talk about you know alternative histories of how it actually should have been portrayed or whatever on the show so it's a lot of fun it's called media evil and you can find us on twitter at at media evil pod i think if, if i get that wrong sarah's going to kill me but um because I, I genuinely don't know how Twitter works, everybody. But um, yeah, so those were two podcasts. The first episode was on Braveheart. Not as bad as you might remember, but Mel Gibson still is still a steaming pile of shit. So we kind of we we run with that a little bit. But yeah, so Medieval and Best Acquaintances. So search for either of those and you'll have a good time with any episode you find. And you'll find us on Facebook at Prince Strike by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure why you would, at Prince Strike by Track at gmail.com. Thanks so much more for me, my guest here, Ollie. Always a pleasure, Darren. I look forward to coming back again. And otherwise, goodbye. Bye. Bye.